And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John no, there's nothing big about Josh Thompson, but oh, there is yes, something there big is, about buddy. the Weighing In <laughs> podcast. I can guarantee you there's nothing big about Josh Thompson, but his head, yeah. his head is huge and it's full of nothing but what, hot What head hair, are you talking man. about, John? <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, everybody? Welcome to the Weighing In podcast. My man and I are going to go over the UFC which just took place just a short time ago, where Aaron Blanchfield looked fantastic, dismantling Jessica Andrade. We're going to get into that, and we're going to get into all of the big-time news of MMA. We also have got BKFC from Albuquerque, New Mexico, where Diego Sanchez was not the, uh, he was not the main event. That was Richfield against Hunt, but Diego Sanchez took on Austin Trout. We'll talk about that fight, too. My man, how you feeling? You looking good with them shooting glasses on? I know I gotta get. Someone said I can get some glare proof ones. Yeah, you or know what? Glare. Good when they buy them and send them to you, then you can wear them. <laughs> they are they are a little expensive though. These things are pretty expensive. <laughs> but uh, these are these are the these are the ones I'm supposed to wear on TV. I bought two pair. One pair for like casual everyday, you know, something around that are a little bit more heavy duty. Then I bought these for TV to make it look a little more sleek to go with my suits. And then I forgot to bring them to L.A. <laughs> the last show. <laughs> well, they look sleek sitting so, at home. Yeah, yeah. They they were. The, oh, I, I thought I was going to have time to put my contacts in. And uh, we didn't go back to the hotel. So, But uh, before we get started, though, uh, John, um, there's a lot that, that I want to bring up here. Podcast Uh-oh. Dave, let's pull up your Instagram, buddy. Pull up Instagram. Let's do let's it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. This is the, this is, I, I've got, I've got a, a Dave finally f- realized that he's not in Scotland anymore. He's allowed to shoot guns. And so Dave <laughs> goes to a shooting range, takes his, uh, his lovely wife to the shooting range. And, uh, she was probably showing him how to hold and handle a handgun. And, um, <laughs> and, but then I was just watching him, right? No, no of course, this is on Dave. Oh, oh my was, God, you would get it. Yeah. That's not you. There you go. Look at that. What, what the kind hell of are hell are you doing back what? like that yeah. for? That <laughs> is the most pathetic. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't I was say just, I was just. You were just doing what? I doing it just, wrong. I was just feeling the gun. I, man, I was just you were just feeling, feeling it. Gun. You look like you're feeling a, a, a man's nuts. Oh, <laughs> my <laughs> God. You do. Right I was there. just trying to like uh, get a feel for the pistol grip because I've never because I never held a pistol grip. Um, you never held a pistol. Like, it's very obvious. Uh, rifle, rifle before. <laughs> okay. It never, so, you've never you've never held a pistol either. <laughs> no, it's that's shit. a good. Look. I will tell you this. That is a no, good looking hat you're wearing right there. Mr. Yeah, right. Oh, it's yeah. just you that never that lean back while you have that weapon there. I wasn't. Oh, I wasn't so. trying you, to. You aren't leaning just, back. What are you doing? No, I'm leaning. You're right. I am slightly. I think. I also think the camera's at an angle. He should take a picture. Oh, of the camera's at an angle. Because if you look wow. at the gun, the gun's slightly pointing up the way. So yeah, that's because you're leaning, leaning back. back. <laughs> yeah, so bad. This is no. this is comedy oh, right here. Someday we're gonna. We're he gonna also come called down me. To Texas he also took the to picture mid transition. I was like, Oh, was you're getting, transitioning. Uh, what were you transitioning yeah. to? No. To, to lean doing it forward, wrong. <laughs> 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 to doing it wrong. 
right. uh, uh, hips all out in front of him, leaning back. Yeah. It was just great. It, that's no, hilarious. You know, in California, the um, you it's a can't good thing that's a two two have, three with no recoil. You can't have uh, um, you're right because I did ask him that actually, and uh, he said exactly what you just said, and I had no idea what it meant. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Oh, but in California, man. you cannot have a pistol grip or a rifle. You can only have yeah. a you can only have those wing grips. So um, I was I was like feeling myself in the moment that you know feeling yourself. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this is great. So uh, how'd you how'd you guys shoot? What do you mean? How did we shoot? Did, no, how, bang you bang. Shoot? Like, how, how did you guys shoot? Like yeah. good? How did I mean, you shoot? Did oh you, yeah. Were you happy with your placement? Did you have what's called a good grouping? Yeah, so I have a um, nine millimeter M nine Beretta, and um, mm-hmm. and that's you have called... a, you have a nine millimeter Beretta. What? What do you mean? What? <laughs> oh shit! Every weapon has a distinguishing oh. factor about it. So you could say I have a Beretta ninety two F. I have Beretta oh. ninety two. There's there's different I've, varieties I've an, of them. I have an M nine. Does that does that answer your question? You have an M9. You have a. It's uh, not a Beretta. Yes. And it's an M9. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm just telling you what I read on what I read on the side of it. Okay. <laughs> hey, you don't have to be. You don't have to be. You don't have to know the 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 names That's and the ins so and outs of. To, to yeah, you do. If you're gonna be a gun owner, you should know yeah. everything about that weapon. Yeah. You do so, know the five safety rules, right? I mean, oh, I don't Jesus. know. I, but I'm not a cop oh, either. Oh, Jesus. What do you I, mean? With, it has nothing to do with being a cop. Every weapons owner, everybody that owns a gun should know the five rules yeah, but of I, weapons handling because every weapon is always loaded, right? No, of course it's not. You're wrong. <laughs> Anytime you pick up a weapon, every weapon is always this loaded, is so the, you always check it to be loaded. No. Well, yes, yes, you're wrong if, if again. You're, if you're handling some, if you're handling the <laughs> one that doesn't belong to you, but if you're handling your own, you should know. You should know. Every weapon is always doing. loaded. I okay. handle my weapon every single never, day. Never, <laughs> never allow the muzzle to go past anything you're not willing to destroy. Of course. Of course. Okay. That's, Keep that's your finger off of the trigger. Cool. Of course. At all times yep. until your sights are aligned on the mm-hmm. target and you intend to shoot. Right. That's, of course. Okay. Yes, of course. So you're, you're, yeah, I mean, I know I know them without formally knowing them. <laughs> oh, you knew them without. First thing you first thing you said was no. All weapons are not always loaded. Yes, any weapon. Every time okay, you pick but, it up, you act as if it's loaded and you check it to make sure that it's not. You yeah, you're a little bit deceiving now. I can just tell I'm you. Not deceiving. <laughs> you're just trying to catch me on a. You're trying to catch me. You're that was like a. Let's be like honest, a... Dave. Catching you on weapons is not going to be a hard thing. No, we've we've no, already no. established that. We saw the picture. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, can we move on, please? Yes, oh. we can move on. Yes, yes, yes. Let's, all right, let's do this. Let's do this. Um. All right, but before we do move on, though, go to WayneAndMerch.com, pick up some of our apparel. Look at Big John in that hoodie, looking oh, good, looking baby. fly. This is one of our favorite designs, one of our highest selling designs, which is nice. And uh, it's very simple, very plain, but I actually really do like it. So do I. And um, want to also thank uh, uh, OnlyFans. They've been doing a lot, man. I mean, we're gonna get into the BKFC. Oh but my then god! I noticed they they were the main sponsor, main sponsor for BKFC. They were all over it. They you were know, all over uh, everyone. They were everywhere, which was awesome. Great to see that. I'm glad that they're really moving into the sports 
uh, arena, and they are looking to do more big things, and which is why they brought us on, and they started partnering with us so we can help Ooh. promote fighters, promote uh, combat sports uh, on their platform. And so we want to thank them for continuing to support us, and I'm looking forward to this whole uh, partnership agreement that we have with Absolutely. them. Absolutely. It's going to be fun. But hey, let's get right into the UFC. Let's talk. Uh, let's go right to the main event there, Dave. Can you scroll up for right. us, buddy? Mm-hmm. There we go. John? Aaron Blanchfield takes on Jessica Andrade and basically just dominates her. Dominates a good fighter. I'm, I'm not saying anything bad about Jessica Andrade. She is a tough individual. She's a gamer. You saw her in her last fight. She dismantled Lauren Murphy. Had a hell of a performance. Maybe... And, you know, this happens, Josh, and you've talked about it. Maybe too many fights. We talk yeah. about it all the time. You got to let your body recover. You got to heal up. You got to give your time, yourself time to de-stress from the training camps and the fight and all that stuff. And maybe this is one of those fights where you take a look and you go, maybe it had some effect. Maybe I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to take anything away from Aaron Blanchfield. She did exactly what, you know, I said that she could do. But her stand-up looked even better than I thought. She landed beautiful counters. She caught Jessica uh, mid-shot, hit her with the counters, caught her with her chin up. She looked fantastic. She got shrugged off a bunch going for the takedowns. And the one thing that I loved in watching this is it didn't bother her. Mm. She just went back to doing what was her game plan. And every time she got an opportunity, she got to that clinch and she worked it until finally she gets the double unders. Here comes that inside trip. Boom. She And quickly moves herself into side control. And you just look and you go, yep, two steps ahead. And it's just looking bad. And she waited for her to turn. She knew she was going to. And as soon as she did, she tried to get the hook, but gets the rear naked choke and sinks it in. When you, you know, when you got that kind of squeeze, it doesn't take long. Yeah. I mean, like in terms of Jessica Andrade, a little bit of it could be it could be what we were talking about when I talked bit, about maybe. it. You know, was it could be that she rushed right into this fight, needed to give her body some time to, to heal up and and just rest. Like you said, decompose, decompress. Decompre- no, just, don't de- it, don't decompose. Don't decompose. That's bad. De- decompress. <laughs> just clear your mind. Like you want to come back into a fight camp missing fighting. You want to yeah. miss the excitement of being back in the gym. You want to be back in there and thinking Okay, look, I know the first two weeks is going to be rough, but once I get back after the first two weeks and my body's done being sore, now I can start building and getting better. Yeah. She didn't have that time here. And she's probably still high, come, you know, high off of the, you know, the win that she's coming off of and thinking that she was going to pick up right where she left off. When in reality, that's not what happens. It takes you, the reason why you spend six weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks into a camp is to develop the timing. She looked off a little bit in terms of her timing. She was always a step behind. Blanchfield looked fantastic. And like John, I have to agree with you. I'm not trying to take anything away from Blanchfield. But Jessica was loading up. She was having a hard time finding the timing, which just means to me that she didn't have her full camp. Like she looked really good against uh, Lauren Murphy, against Aaron Blanchfield. Now, I know there's a big speed difference between the two fighters, Lauren Murphy and, and Aaron Blanchfield. The straight punches by Aaron Blanchfield were the ones that were getting in. Yep. She threw the jab, the straight right. She was right down the pipe. When you're fighting someone who's a power striker, someone who is throws heavy heat with big hooks. Big straight, looping shots. Big looping shots, which is what Jessica Andrade does. Aaron Blanchfield beat her to the punch every single time. And they don't have to be hard. They just have to they have to break your rhythm 
in your punching combination to take some power off of that heat that you're throwing. Because she possesses power, Jessica Andrade does. And we've seen it. But Aaron Blanchfield was able to break her rhythm in her punching, knock her off balance, hit her with some clean, hard shots. And then even though she, like I have to admit this, John, though, too, even though she didn't get the takedowns, which is where we thought she was going to do all the work, she was gonna, I thought we were going to, oh, she will get her down. If she is, she's going to dominate, which she did once she got them. Yeah. But the thing was is she didn't let it get to her. No. When you're fighting somebody like a Jessica Andrade, you're thinking, man, if I don't get this takedown, like what, what, like mentally it starts messing with you. And she missed a couple of takedowns in that first round and they weren't even close. And she no, didn't let she it get to her. off like it was nothing. Yeah. She didn't let it get to her. She stayed focused. She stayed composed. Man, John, I got to be honest, man. I didn't see this one coming. I got a lot. Of, I got a lot of respect for Aaron Blanchfield right now. A lot of it's got a ton of respect for her, and she's way better. I'm being honest, guys. I didn't think she was this good. Twenty three years. She's really twenty three years old, dude. She's really good. She's really good and getting better because yeah. her stand up is really coming along, and uh, we've known about her ground game and how good she is. And like she's. It's so hard, and you know, to sit there and you know, everyone will go, "Well, so and so's a black belt." It's different. There's mm-hmm. different levels, and the way someone came up through the ranks and who they've been, you know, training with and who they're instructed by, it's all different. And she's got it, yeah. Josh. You know, when you watch her, you go, "Yeah, she's got it." Yeah, you know. And so, uh, man, I tell you what, I, I just, I really, I look forward to the future and watching her because she, she's gonna be. As long as she continues on with the same mentality and the same work ethic that she's showing right now, 23 years old, mm-hmm. man, she's going to be good. Yeah, I mean, the sky's the limit. But, but Dave, can you pull up the rankings there for us? I mean, she's yeah. obviously going to jump up to probably like number three or four now. Well, somewhere you figured in Jessica Jessica's was three. at three. Yeah, so she's going to jump up to probably three, four, somewhere well, in there. Yeah. She's in yeah. both divisions, though. Yeah. Gosh. Well, Jessica's, but that was a 125, that so that's a, a flyweight. And you yeah. look at Blanchfield was at 10. Yep. She's going to move past easily. You know, you got you to figure out how, how can Lauren Murphy be ranked ahead of her when Jessica yeah. just beat Lauren the way she did and then she beat Jessica that way. Yeah. You know, you, maybe Caitlin will move up to three and she'll go to four. You know, Alexa, it really doesn't matter right now because she's got that title fight coming up. So, well, I mean, you could say because I think Jessica's beat Chikagian, correct? I, be- I yes. believe so. I believe so. Oh, I I'm trying to remember so. back, but I believe she's beaten her. So then she'll, she should probably move in front of Chikagian yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah. She should probably move in front of Chikagian also. So she probably should be at number three. <clears throat> uh, but, I mean, Aaron Blanchfield impressed me. From so the opening bell, oh yeah, to the tap, she yeah. impressed me. Because look time. at the opening bell; she took a hell of a shot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. clean shot. I was like, oh, I just got her attention. Now you know you're in a fight, and she just no problem. Started doing her business, man. Just looked fantastic. I don't know what more you can really say as far as yeah. you know. <sighs> she is performing and doing things. Look at her fight against Molly McCann, who you know you and I both love Molly, and, and Molly is. A good fighter, tough as hell, doesn't give in. She was two steps ahead of Molly throughout yeah. that fight. And you look and you go, man, if you're in that position to be that good, that you're that far ahead of a really good mm-hmm. fighter, you know, it's saying something about your talent level. And she's yeah. she's a talented young lady. So can't wait to watch where, where it goes from here. 
I don't know, and it's one of those I still say at 11 and uh, what's she, 11 0 and 1 or 11 11 and 1? I don't know. She might have one, like loss. Yeah, one, yeah, one, one loss. 11 1. Yeah, one loss. I'd like to see her get a couple more fights before she fights yeah. someone like a Shevchenko. I know she called out either the winner, yeah. Shevchenko or Grasso. But I'd like to see a couple more. Yeah, go go back go back to the rankings for me there, Dave, please. I, I'm I'm in I'm in agreement with you. I think uh, you know somebody somebody like uh, Santos would be a good fight. That'd be well, a that's really, who she was really supposed tough to fight. fight. Yeah, that'd be a really tough fight for her. Uh, but I think that fight still makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> so we'll see we'll see what's going on with uh, Santos and if she can get to get through a camp and they can actually make that fight and reschedule that fight or. I mean, I really wouldn't mind seeing her potentially fight the loser of the Shevchenko and Grosso fight, coming off of the top, the, you know, the title fight. Yeah. Uh, whoever loses, and then which you know might be Alexa Grosso, which would be a fun fight. So, either way, uh, something to be had. Things there, are though, looking but, bright for her. Absolutely looking bright, but she's also going to be she's sending a little jolt into that into that yeah. weight class, and I'm I like that. I like that a lot. So. Yeah. It was getting a little stale there it. for a bit. Yeah, it was getting a little stale there. Yeah, well, Shevchenko has always been in that position. She's like head and shoulders above everyone else. So it's like, yeah. well, you know, I really don't see anybody there being able to beat her. Well, you know, yeah. like I said, I would like to see mm-hmm. one or two more fights before that. But, you know, I've been proven wrong in that type of uh, mm-hmm. situation before. You know, I said I th- I'd like to see Johnny Eblen get one more fight before he fights Gegard Mousasi. He didn't need it. No. Nope. <laughs> he didn't. just dismantled himself. Yeah. Can I just get um, some a reaction to these comments by Jessica Andrade for someone who's been at the top of the heap for a bit here, former champion and all that. Um, she said that the, this, the, the bump in pay for this fight really changed her life, which I find crazy. Um, here's what she said. She said, um, it was something really good, a great change in my career. Now I'll be ready. Now I'll be really able to make my nest egg and plan my life. Maybe my body won't be the same in five or six years, so now I'll be able to change my life and my family's lives. This is work well done from my part, but also my team to be put in good fights and uh, always being available when UFC needs. This fight has really saved my life in every sense. I'll even buy my mother a house. And then she goes on to say, my last contract had 10 fights, but at least said that was crazy. It wasn't a good idea to have a contract with so many fights. He said, let's do the next contracts with less fights, but get you paid more. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is what we're talking about when you say, yeah, she had 10 fights on a contract. That's not a good thing for you. That doesn't help you. They can, if they want to keep you, they're going to keep you. If they want to get rid of you, they're going to get rid of you. So it doesn't matter if you had 10 or 20 fights on a contract. What matters is how much are you getting paid per fight? Ali is absolutely right in, hey, the 10 fights is crazy. Let's get you a new contract, less fights, more money. That's exactly what you as the fighter should be looking towards. Especially someone in her position where she's been a mainstay. Having a 10-fight deal is just... It's ridiculous. I remember back. I mean, it was the Ken Shamrock, Rich Franklin fight, and Rich had just signed a ten fight deal. Yep. Right before that fight, and I'm That's thinking, right. man, you're going to be in the same contract for fucking three, four years. I mean, I don't even know if he got out of that contract before he fought Anderson. Oh no. Yeah. Oh so no, like, no. He was in whole, that contract when yeah. he fought Anderson. 
So your whole career, you're in basically his whole career. He was in that shitty ass contract, which at the time was considered to be a lot of money. But look at how much they gained from that time he fought Ken right. Shamrock to when Anderson yeah. came in and beat him. Yeah. That the promotion jumped, got considerably bigger. Oh. And so when you're looking at right now, I mean, I don't know how many. Obviously, the sky's the limit for how how big the UFC can get. But to sign ten fight deals, I mean, put that in perspective. It's going to be three, four potentially five years if you have injuries before you see any real significant changes in your pay just doesn't make sense i have i have no idea how managers allow that to happen it never like when i left when when strike force got bought out by the ufc they tried to sign me to some like an eight fight deal and i was like absolutely not <laughs> i was like no way i did the four fight deal and because i was on my last fight you know i had one more fight left and um they wanted to sign me to a five deal. I said no, no, I'm good, man. I I learned my I've I've seen I've, from Rich Franklin to other fighters that try to sign long term deals. Plus, I I was all I was in the gym when all the when all the the tough you know uh, first all the first fights from the first fighter house with Koscheck and it was supposed to be Fitz was actually on the about to board the plane and they called him and canceled him at the airport. They they didn't put him on the show. Uh, which ended up working out better for him because then he wasn't locked into that shitty ass contract um, because he ended up getting paid more than those the other guys did. But Swick was in the contract. Uh, Bobby Southward was in the contract. Mm-hmm. Kostik was in the contract. Those were horrible contracts. They were. Do you remember what they were fighting for? They were fighting for five and five and ten and ten. Yeah. That was it. Uh-huh. I think they at the end, at the end of their it contract. Was, hold on. It was, you got to figure it was in the end if you were looking at it. You were gonna fight at least six, if not eight, fights for a hundred thousand dollars if yeah. you won. Yeah. Everyone else, everyone else was less than that. Yeah. And so, it was That's not horrible. a good, especially if you you know, if you didn't win it, it was. You know, even if you wanted it, it was not a good contract. But at the time, that's what they had. So, yeah. but if you're gonna, if you're taking a look at Rich Franklin, and I was trying to think of when Rich won his title, because he beat Evan Tanner for it, and I'm trying to think of it was somewhere around. I can't remember, but, but you figure the 2005. No, it was in uh, New Jersey Got it. when he fought him. Uh, Kenji, right there. Yep, heavy hitters, UFC 53. Because UFC 52 was Chuck versus Randy. That was the two coaches of Tough mm. One. And you figure he fought on that Ultimate Fighter finale against Shamrock, and then at UFC 64 is when he lost to Anderson. Mm. So he, ten, that he, that's why I'm saying he signed 10 fights. It was probably four maybe five fights in between wow. that you know wow just crazy man so. crazy oh, anyways uh but overall Aaron Blanchfield great performance by her let's see what's next for Jessica Andrade in terms of you know she's making money if there was a big bump in pay for her to take this fight but she can't she again i love the fact that she took the fight i, mm-hmm. I give her props but you also have to be smart about your career and I'm all about you doing things that you think is going to make the UFC happy and you're going to help them out. I'm okay with that. I understand it. Mm. I don't blame you for it. But you've got to take a look at what's best for your career. Mm. And I, I, It may have been she didn't give Aaron Blanchfield enough respect. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. 
Might have but I mean, John, it's easy for us now to sit back and because hindsight's 50 50 and just sit here and look at it <laughs> and go, hey, uh, you, you know what? Me. She should have done this or she could have done this or she should have, you know, but look, she got a bump in pay. That's yeah. really what she needed. And she seems like she's happy with what she got bumped up in and she take, she's taking the L. But I think she's been around long enough to understand that she can make a run back. Yep. She's, I don't think she's going to drop too far because she's beaten like Shikagan. She's beaten all these other females. So she's not going to drop too far. You know, she should stay ahead of them probably, or at least one or two behind them. If it, that's the case. But it pu- it puts a wrench in in yeah. the whole game plan for her because if she had gotten a win, mm-hmm. you got to figure she's got who who in front of her. Yeah. Not much. Possibly can get a rematch with Shevchenko. She wants mm-hmm. to get the rematch with yep. Weili Zhang. And so, you know, she was sitting in a good place. So I understand why she takes the fight. You know, and so this definitely throws a wrench in the workforce. She's going to have to build things back. It's going to take her another year to come back into that position, possibly. Well, I guess we're going to see. Co-main event. Zach Pauga against Jordan Wright. (laughs) Jordan Wright, I'll tell you what, he's tough. I'll give him credit, man. The the dude, he, he will fight. He takes big shots. He took a couple of elbows, Josh. Yeah. Up against the cage, I was like, Nasty. oh, damn, that hurt, man. Because an elbow hurts. It's hard. It's short. You don't have time to react to it, really. Yeah. Because it, it comes in fast. You don't got to tell man. me, man. Tony, Tony <laughs> Ferguson, that motherfucker. <laughs> Losing hair to this day because Shit, of it. Right? Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, I, it, at least Jordan made it through the third round. I give him mm-hmm. that, you know, and, and I, I was – I would, I'll be honest. I said this is not a co-main event fight, but I really I thought Zach Pauga fought a good fight. I thought he fought smart. I thought he fought composed. Um, he's fighting a guy who is in the stand-up. He's got good kicks. He's got good hands. He's got good power. He's a little awkward in, in the stiffness of how he'll move sometimes, but that sometimes can throw you off and everything. I thought Zach Pauga really fought a, a very clean and well-disciplined fight throughout it. Does Jordan Wright remind you of like a little bit of like uh, American Psycho? Yes. Like he just kind of has a say. really weird, like. Well, no, no. Okay, who was the American Psycho? Yeah, it's Stephen Bonner. Stephen Bonner. He yeah. fights a lot like Stephen Bonner did. It, it, but just like their expressions when they get hit, yeah. their reaction, the fucking the, smiling in the middle it, of the yeah, fight, it's, it's, stuff. yeah, it's fun. I like it. I like yeah. it. But it just it kind of gives me a little bit of the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> <laughs> Just being honest, man. Like it's, it's kind of weird. Like they just have that look to them that has a little bit of that like uh, psycho look to them. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the way they do their hair, the way they smile when they're fighting, the way they get when they get hit, the kind of the smirk. Like I oh, didn't bother me, and like the almost expressionless, but with a little bit of a smile. It's a little bit weird. of a, a little, yeah. little, just a little side job of serial yeah. killer. That's all. Yeah, it's Love creepy. It. But uh, Zach, Zach did fight a good fight. He fought a smart fight. He did. Um, and he did did exactly what he needed to do. Yeah. Uh, next fight, <sighs> Jamal Pogues against Josh Parisian. Look, Josh Parisian, heavyweights are heavyweights, and anybody cannot get knocked out. Yeah. But in in this sport, if you can't, you know, keep from someone taking you down with the same takedown time and time again, you know, I, if it happens one time, I understand it. it happens two times, it's like. Ew. Happens more yeah. than two times, Josh. Unless that dude's an, an Olympic freaking gold medalist in wrestling is taking you down with a yeah. Jordan Burrow is going to take you down with a double. Okay, it's going to happen. 
<laughs> it's going to happen more than once. Yeah. But in this situation, that should never happen that way. Um, Josh Parisian's got a long ways to go. I mean, I, yeah. I, no disrespect. I know like, you've made it up to that point. There's a lot of holes in the game. And uh, nothing taking nothing away, uh, Pogues did exactly what he was supposed mm-hmm. to do. He took the strength of Parisian being the stand-up. And he took it away from him for most of the fight. And that's how he got the win, and that's being a smart fighter. And so I give Jamal Pogues a lot of credit for being a smart fighter, mm-hmm. fighting his fight, not falling into trying to be exciting or trying to be this guy that, sure. you know, is not fighting the way he can get the win. Yep. And speaking of being a smart fighter, man, Marcin Procinio or whatever, this kid, he did oh, exactly yeah. what he needed to do to get the win against uh, Knight. Knight's yeah. got known for the power. He's known for the explosiveness. But, man. Well, now he's Marcin, known for not fighting. Yeah, it was that was one of the worst displays um, I've ever seen in a combat sport. It was almost, it was almost, and I'm not, it was it, uh, um, not not like a breakdown, but something was, was a, going on. It was a mental on. breakdown. It was a mental Al- breakdown. Almost, yeah. Well, it was definitely a, you know, fight IQ breakdown, but it was like he got to the point where he's like, I can't reach this guy, and now my leg is hurt and I can't put weight on it. I'm just going to stand here and take shots. I, I'm not going to quit, but there's nothing I can do. Let me explain to you exactly what happened, John. And I've seen this happen in the gym all the time. Let me hit. He walked in there going, I'm the guy with the power. I'm the guy that can knock you out at any moment. I'm going to, he played that Joe cool in the beginning when the leg kicks didn't hurt five, six leg kicks later. Starts to hurt. It wasn't just hurting. It started hindering him from being explosive. And now he's basically just a fighter. He's, he's a wounded animal. Yep. He's just stuck there, going like just target practice, going, I don't know what to do now. Didn't want to give up. Didn't have the explosives in the legs. Couldn't push off because it hurt. And that arrogance that he walked into the cage with, once, once it was gone, it killed mm-hmm. Exactly. It's exactly what it did. It killed him. And he had no answers for it after at the end of the first round. It was done. Then he was just going to keep doing True. what he did. And it was that's why it ended up being a real boring fight. But I can't take anything away from uh, Marcin. No, he fought. He fought a great Smart fight. Smart fight. His leg kicks were on point. He Did was you see mixing his foot it up the head. No, I didn't. Oh, his foot was a swollen mess. Remember Yair Rodriguez is against yeah. Max Holloway. Hello, yeah. same thing. Because he he kept going. He kept going to the bank with it, and he should have because yeah. it was working. I remember. I can't remember what fight it was. Um, I had signed a contract. It was right when the UFC had bought uh, Strike Force. And I had to I had to send a picture to, to Sean Shelby. I'm like, yeah, I'm not fighting. I'd kicked I'd kicked Gray Maynard's elbow, like okay. right on the top of my foot. I don't know if you recall in K1, Duke Rufus fought in the tournament in the tournament, and he went into the finals of the tournament. I can't remember. Uh, Romy Romy Benjuski, uh was Romy Benjuski. Yeah, yeah. I think he fought uh, Rick Rufus in the in the finals. And Rick's foot on the top of it looked like my foot. It was just looked like it looked, like, it looked like a softball, like a little balloon yeah. on the top. All you saw was like my toes just sticking out of the side of the balloon. Was it? It, was it wasn't Duke Rufus. It was Rick. Rick. It was Rick, not yeah. Duke. Yeah, it was his brother. Yeah. And uh, man, his foot was nasty looking. Rick, not Duke. Rick. Okay, you said Rick. Yeah, you said Duke. I he did, did Duke. but I, I did say Duke. But it yeah, was I was thinking Rick. Rick. Rufus. Um. Come on, Dave. You're supposed to know what I'm thinking, buddy. <laughs> like, you better start learning this, buddy. You're getting married. 
<laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to learn what she's thinking. Oh, okay. uh, uh, well, yeah, are you a saying you're a she? No, it's like you, there's a video or a picture of it on his foot. Anyways, <clears throat> but uh, but yeah, what were we talking about? We're talking about my foot. We uh, but Mar- Marcin fought. Marcin. He fought a great fight. Great kick, started adding in the punches a little bit towards the middle of the second round, and then just went back. He was mixing up from the leg kicks to the head kicks, a couple little spinning kicks here and there. Did a great job, man. But, I mean, if you're William Knight, man, you have to fight. It doesn't matter. Go out on your shield. Do something. Yeah. Because you still have that power. He still has that explosiveness. Maybe it wouldn't be as explosive because your leg's wounded. But, man, you could have got him out of there had you put a little bit of pressure on him. It just You could have. You never know. No, but to me, John, the next fight was the fight of the night. No doubt about it. No yeah. doubt about it. Uh, I, I'll give the next two were actually outstanding. Yeah. Uh, Alexander Hernandez against Jim Miller. Like we, we know what Jim Miller brings. Mm-hmm. And he brings it in the fight. And he he brought it in the first round. He got the best of Alexander. And I really give it with Hernandez. He's had a couple of those fights where... He's done well in the first round, and you know, and he's kind of fallen off. Well, this is the one he picked it up, and by picking it up, he took the second round from Jim Miller, and then he took the third round. And I thought it was a a really good back and forth battle, and Jim Miller gave it everything he had. Yeah, you know, and by the end of it, he had taken a lot of heavy shots, and was still trying to come in and make something happen. It just, you know, the gas tank got emptied because of some of the damage, some of just because of how how far the fight went. But man, you got you got to just look at Jim Miller and go, dude, you're a stud, man. You yeah. are a fucking stud. And and really, the difference I, I look at this and I hate to say it, look at 39. It's the speed. Yeah. This yeah, Jim Miller had no problem creating situations to allow him to to get in and land his shots. But in the end, the speed was causing him to get hit more than he would have been if uh, the ages were closer. Yeah, and then a little bit of the craftiness by uh, Hernandez. Uh, Jim had him hurt a little bit. Yeah, and then he and every time he went Jim after would him. come rushing in, Alex would hit him with a great elbow, yeah. and that would slow the pace down on Jim. And Jim would just say, "Okay, I have to take a step back. I'm rushing in too much," and that just changed the dynamic of the of the moments that Jim was having. It changed those those moments at that right at that split second. Yeah. And I thought it was uh it was but to me it was definitely I felt like it was the best fight of the night. Uh, next fight. Yeah, Nazim Sidikov. I mean, him against Evan Elder, I thought that was a great fight. I thought Evan Elder was really having a good fight against a very good fighter in Nazim. Nazim is talented. The Black Wolf is a man. He can do it all. He can wrestle. He can strike. He's got the full game. But you take a look at you know what was going on with Elder in that fight. Elder was in that fight, and it's unfortunate I thought, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, he got cut. Mm-hmm. But how bad of a cut is it? You want to see? Yeah, oh, I saw it, you know, but you can, you can bring it up. But oh, how bad of a cut sh- is it? Yeah, it's a cut. When it, you haven't even seen that it's, it's affected him. Okay? Look at I see, I mean... And I'm sorry, guys. I cannot show this on YouTube because last time we showed something like this, we got a we got a warning, so I can't actually show us. But go on Dana White's Instagram and his story, and you'll see it on his story. He posted a really close up, nasty, gruesome version yeah. of it. Ugh. It's a cut. It's no big. There's deal. like an. I can see the vein. 
And there's like, I almost feel like I could put a whole eyeball in that, that hole. <laughs> it looks like another eye. It just, it. You're just missing the eyeball. All right, Dave, I'm trying to uh, quickly. I don't know if I can. Just threw up in my mouth. You're trying to find. Just... Yeah. I was able to swallow it back down, John. Oof. <laughs> All right, I'm going to come off of that. Yeah. Ah, man, oh, you got, you, man. You, dude, you are so soft. I am sensitive. It's amazing, man. <laughs> I'm a sensitive little fellow. <laughs> sensitive. Can't take that anymore. Our audio listeners, anyway, will need to go over to see it. So it's on Dana White's story. Um, he posted, because even Dana says he questioned the stoppage. Um, he was sitting right there, and then when he went backstage and saw that, he was like, okay, I understand now why he stopped the fight. All right, yeah. Dave, I'm sending you this picture. All right. Let's see. Okay, and it's just one. It's not, you know. Explain it. This is a fight that it was. It actually happened. I refereed it. Happened in Bellator. It was Brandon Gertz against Derek Cowan. Oh, the yeah. Third time yeah, that yeah. they fought, when every Michael fight Jordan. they had was outstanding, but he got the Michael Jordan. And you can take a look at the. You know, this photo will give you an idea of, you know, the hole in his head. Yeah, you can just pull him up anywhere. Lovely. But I mean, that thing is going all over the place, and you look and you go, I let it go. Now, why? Because he did not ever show any effect from it. Mm -hmm. He didn't wipe at it. He didn't do any of those things that you say it's bothering him. Jeez. Yeah, it's a cut. But, I mean, you can't sit there and just stop it that fast when a guy's in the fight. He's in That's the a, fight. That's a it's a photo. close fight and just one shot and then we're going to have a doctor come in and just take it away from him. I, I, I really feel bad for Elder... Great fight by both guys. I'm not saying, you know, in the end that it wouldn't have gotten to Nazim anyways, but I really would have liked to, them to give him a shot and show, oh, it's affecting me. Let me let me let the doctor look at it. But just because, you know, you get a, a nasty cut doesn't always mean that the fight should uh, stop right at that moment. No. Uh, John, any other fights on this card you want to talk about? I know Jamal Emmers deserves a little love. He does. Jamal Emmers deserves a lot of love. He came back from a long layoff. He took on a guy, 23-0 and 0 in Ashkabov, who, look, he's good. His brother's good. They're twins. And Emmers just basically beat him down. What a great performance by him. I, I loved everything that I saw in it. A.J. Fletcher fought a great fight against Garimbo. He submitted someone that was supposed to submit him if it was going to happen that way. And then Philippe Lenz came out and he took care of you know, OSP really fast but looked really good in doing it. Wow. Very nice performance. OSP needs to hang it up. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I, you know, it's time. one of those, it's, you, you hate seeing it, but it, it, that time comes for everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's just, you know, you're you're living off of what was and you can't perform to that, you know, level anymore. And you're just becoming a record for somebody else. And I hate yep. seeing that. It's the age, 39 years old. That's around yeah. that time. 37, 38, 39 is that time, man. Yeah. It's, There's some it's, guys that make it, you know, 40. Yeah. Yeah. There's some guys that don't. Yeah, it's very you know, true. But it's, you get, you're, getting, you're getting close to 40 or just past it. Man, mm -hmm. it's, it only takes one fight for it all to change. That's true. That's very true. All right, well, hey, that's going to wrap up our UFC talk. Let's go ahead and roll right into BKFC. Now, well, look, actually, before okay. you guys get Ooh. in there, can, can I get yeah. a rating for this card from you guys? Ah. 
I mean, I was rough on the card last week, and I got you murdered. were. I got murdered That's... in the comments, so <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid to say what I feel like about this one. <laughs> um, you, want, you want me to start it off? I'm going to say this is. Easy. Go ahead. You go ahead. Go ahead. You tell me. All right. Look, you got you got to rate things based upon level of competition, level of talent throughout it. I thought some of the fights were entertaining, but overall, you know the the level of a lot of the fighters as far as you know where they're at in their careers and where things are going you know it was about i'm going to give it a i'll give it a 6.5 mm, it's okay. you know it's it's not bad it was there was some fun fun fights to watch there was a couple that were just not good you know like the uh william knight fight you know with uh marcine just wasn't fun to watch so that kind of brought it down a little bit but still there was a couple fights in there and like aaron blanchfield fantastic performance yeah well now i don't feel so bad because i was gonna give about a five and a half wow it was somewhere in there you're, you're always half, below six. me man yeah i mean like and i'm not this is no you're no a hard hate. grader i'm not grading it based off of you need the to start level. grading on a curve i'm not grading it based off the level of competition yeah. I, john i'm i'm ba i'm grading the fights off of the level of excitement and okay. there wasn't a lot of them like the Ovis St. Prue fight was was good, but it was very anticlimactic. It was it happened and then it was done. Was like, oh, okay, and then you know, I think we know where OSP's at, and it was like, yeah, okay, that's more of a Kinda, sad. Yeah, that's more exactly. So it, I didn't it didn't didn't feel right to me because I've known yeah. OSP for a long time from the Strike Force days. Um, and but I, I thought uh, Aaron Blanchfield looked fantastic. Uh, you know, the Zach fought a very safe fight, but a good fight against uh, Jordan Wright. Can you scroll back down there? Pogs I was, and Parisian. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. The let me see. Yeah, I, Parisian was boring. The, that fight was kind of boring. It was, they had moments. It only got exciting after the nut shots, you know. And then it was able because then there were they were they had some time to rest and they were able to get back after it for a second. Yeah. The the Alex Hernandez and the Jim Miller fight and the um, Nazim and Evan Elder fight was a fantastic. Those two fights were the ones that really kept this card going. Yeah, I thought uh, Bruno Silva. She, I thought she fought a good fight. She did a great job, but I mean, like, yeah. it wasn't it what, wasn't, wasn't exciting, it wasn't though. it wasn't an exciting fight. No, uh, you know Jamal Emmers. I thought he fought a good fight. Very yeah. very good fight, especially someone against someone who's twenty three and zero. Yeah, and he he went out there and he did he did a great job. But outside of that, like the other fights, they were just okay. Like they were okay. It wasn't. So I'm giving it a five and a half. You know, that's six point five. Okay. All right. Next big fight from this weekend. Mm -hmm. Oops. Not wrong. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was just messing with you guys. You and your damn professional wrestling. <laughs> oh, Bobby Lashley oh. versus Brock Lesnar. That's the biggest MMA fight of all time. Is that what it is? Who wins yeah. that fight? It was It was tonight. It was Saturday night. Oh. Yeah. Who wins? Uh, Brock won. Oh, wait. Uh, no, it was disqualification. Bobby technically won because Brock got disqualified. Yeah, so good. Brock's yes. a cheater. But then Brock I would. I love, I love me some Bobby Lashley, man. <laughs> <laughs> love me some Bobby Lashley. All right, let's go ahead, John. Let's get into this. Well, you know what? I watched the uh, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships from Albuquerque, New Mexico. And, you know, it's one of those. Ah, I watch a lot of these MMA guys, guys that I've seen fight. Guys like Moreno, who fought in MMA, uh, Reno, who fought in MMA, Croom, uh, MMA, obviously Greg Hardy, MMA, John Dotson, Sanchez, Richmond, all MMA guys. So I watch it, and you know, it's like I'm happy when the 
how many guys win. Except I liked I liked Josh Watson uh, Watson's win against Greg Hardy. It was a great knockout. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, the, the fights are they're fun. They're fun. You know, they're fun to watch. You know, there's they don't last long a lot of the time. Um, but you know, it there is a skill level to bare knuckle boxing that is different than the skill set of a boxer and different than the skill set of an MMA fighter. And you have to adapt to that skill set. You have to change what you're doing to be successful in it. Uh, you know, it, when you're looking at guys that are good at it, like Richmond, Richmond's good at it because he goes to the body. Yeah. He attacks the body well. And in that championship fight with Hunt, Hunt being the champion, I know Richmond was the interim champion, I think, at the at the time here. But Richmond had him. He had him. He had him hurt. He put him down, and he comes in, and he got caught coming in to put him away. Big freaking you know turn of events for Hunt, and you got to give him credit, man. He, he hung tough. He had no idea what he did. <laughs> it was just part of training, and he sees a guy coming at him. He he throws the big right hand, and it landed. Yeah, and man, it it put Richmond out. So that you know that I got to say, a very you know dramatic moment because you really looked and thought, well, Hunt's done. He's gonna be he's gonna be in trouble, and all of a sudden he's the he's yeah. the winner, and Richmond is out. So yeah. great, you know, switch one eighty. Shocked so. the shit out of me. Yeah, I mean, and John, when you're listening to Hunt get interviewed afterwards, he still has no idea where he's at. Yeah, he's he was like, uh, he, he, yeah. was looking. he was in shock. You, I think he was asking himself, "Did I win?" But <laughs> it's, I, I I go back to that. I feel like there this sport. It's starting to kind of it's starting to captivate me a little bit. I'm actually getting a lot more interested in what they are doing. Yeah. Um, like you said, there's an art form behind it. You can clinch, you can uppercut, you can rip the body. Like all of these things play a big factor. And it's it's so it's like you said, majority of the time they don't go the distance. Yep. They're fun fights. And um and a lot of times there's people on here that we know, like we've seen, you know, Hardy Jr. or Greg Hardy. We've seen John Dotson. We've seen Sanchez, you know, Richmond. We've seen these fighters fight before in MMA. And I know there's yep. other fighters, like Kroom. He's you know, like, there's other fighters that are on here that we have seen fight before inside a cage. Yep. And there's other fighters that we've seen box in Trout. We've oh, seen yeah. him box. You know, like we, it's, we understand that this, you can take maybe world-class boxer like Trout. And you could take someone like Diego Sanchez, for who was never known for his stand-up, but was a gunslinger. He'll throw down. And you could put them into a fight. And I got to be honest, I was expecting to be a lot more trout one-sided. And I know it was, but yeah. Diego but Diego had some moments in there. That's because and Diego, trout started to get that's tired. Because Diego's got balls. Yeah. Let's just be honest. Yeah, I'm ne- I will never, ever say a bad word about Diego Sanchez. He's... He is just a warrior at heart. He's got, you know, a crazy amount of fucking huevos because <laughs> going against Trout, because Trout is a slick boxer. He always, yeah. throughout his career, you know, I've, I've been there in person uh, refereeing while Trout is fighting and stuff. I didn't I didn't ref his fight, but um, he's a slick dude. And that's what mm-hmm. I said. When I saw that he was fighting Diego, and man, that's not good. Yeah. Because he is so slick, and Diego was going to have to make mad rushes at him hopefully get him in the clinch but i will say this trout's corner cheated yeah just gonna fucking say it right now whoever that little cut man is that is putting vaseline not only all over the fucking face up his nose on his lips 
He's also, he was taking Vaseline and, and wiping the back of his neck. So if I get a single collar tie, what happens? Just my hands just slides right off. So I'm not, I'm not putting it against Austin Trout, but his corner, the little cut man, you're a cheating fuck. Yeah. Diego was calling him out too. Diego was, look, my game plan was to clinch him and uppercut him and hit the body and then uppercut to the face. That was my game plan. He's like, and then I couldn't get my grip and he showed a video of it on YouTube or not on YouTube, but on uh, Instagram. Oh, did he? showing, yeah, Diego had the video pulled up and he goes, like, this is, he's like, look, I'm not saying I would have won, but I'm saying that this affected what I was, what my game plan well, his was. His game plan, sure. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that these guys know they know. Oh, dude. These corners. Again, man. and I'm not, the, I can't put it on Austin Trout. It's not on him. Mm-mm. But it is on the commission who is sitting there allowing it to happen. You're supposed to be watching. If you're the inspector, you're supposed to be seeing it. And you see that they're putting Vaseline on the back of a guy's neck. Why does this back of his neck need Vaseline? Mm-hmm. Come on. Get a clue. Yeah. And for the guy, again, the guy who did it, the cut man, whatever that was in his corner, you know, Fuck you. You're a yeah. cheater. Sorry. Because yep. he Pisses knew. Me he knew. Uh, John Dotson, man. He thought he looked phenomenal, God just like he did. Damn. Boy, just like he did. He's on rising. fire, baby. He is. He is he's on, on fire. fire. He's and, stunned, he, man. and he gave a great after, you know, the his little comments afterwards and everything. He's ready yeah. to go, man. He, hey, you got to admit, what, is he, he's what now, 30? Is he 38? Probably somewhere up in there. Man, Dodson at his age, he's still fast as hell. He's got speed. 38. Yeah, 38 years old, man. And, man, he looked fast. He's always had power for a small guy. Yeah. Yep. And, man, he he walked through Grant. Just walked through him. Oof, oof. And then uh, Greg Hardy Jr. I mean, Watson... That, they just met in the middle and they started throwing. <laughs> there was, there was, a, you know, when when Hardy composed himself mm. and started sticking the jab and moving his feet, he did well. Yeah. And as soon as he decided I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw bombs, that was his problem. He he yeah. stopped his feet. He stopped the jab, and he allows Watson to come in and throw with him. You know, you you have a length advantage. You have all these advantages that are there. Why give them up? Yeah. No. Well, I don't. Again, this is where I don't care who you are. You you get hit by a two hundred eighty pound man. Get in the right spot. You're gonna go down. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that Greg Hardy's game plan was solid. <laughs> Like he never, he never had a real great game plan. It was like, come mm. out, do the best I can. And it is what it is. Yeah. So, uh, this, nothing to this, feel bad about that. This Hinshaw girl, she's tough. Yeah. She's, she's fun. Got a good technique. Yep. She's fun. She's tough. She's a gamer. Yeah. I mean, I, I gotta be honest, man. I was like, uh, you know, all right, let's see what this, let's see what the hype's about. She came out. She was gunslinging. Yeah. I thought she looked good. She did. You know, uh, Rayno. What's your, go ahead. Reno fought in Bellator. Mm-hmm. He was an MMA fighter. He looked slick. He looked good. Van Sickle just didn't. He looked just outclassed from the mm-hmm. beginning and just didn't have us. You know, uh, he was in trouble. As soon as they start, I go, this is not going to go well. Yeah. 
for this guy. He had great hair. Other than that, he was in trouble. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, hey, that's going to wrap up our BKFC talk. And uh, you know what? This has got me going. I'm kind of excited to see their next card. Yeah. You know what card? You know what else I'm kind of excited and about? You even paid for this one. I did. $9.99. $9.99. It was a bitch. See, it was, $9.99. I'll do that all day long. Damn UFC killing of, me at freaking eighty some bucks. Speaking of, speaking of, speaking paying of, paying for stuff. The former ESPN CEO basically suggested to the NFL that they should start charging pay per view dollars for the Super Bowl. Oh, it's gonna happen. You watch. It's gonna happen. Ah, it's gonna happen. That is the most ruthless thing. Yep. <clears throat> Can you imagine how many buys? Makes sense. <sighs> Man. Think I about mean, it, Josh. I don't care about football that much. <laughs> People have been ingrained through in this country, in in North in you know, not basically North America, but especially the United States, they have been ingrained that the Super Bowl is a special event. And you have to watch it. How many people tuned into this Super Bowl? Do we, Dave? Can you can you find out how what was the the thing on that? What it has to be has to be sixty. How many million. how many viewerships did they get? How many? Uh, what what number was it? Fifty seven. I believe. Shit. Twenty twenty three. I'll just do twenty twenty three. Yeah. Super Bowl uh, viewership. viewership. Yeah. One hundred thirteen million. One hundred thirteen million. Okay, so just take that and go ten percent. Ten percent country, right? Yeah, take say ten percent by the pay per view, right? That's thirteen million, we'll say, or eleven million. Let's say eleven million pay per views. How much money is that, Josh? John, you know I'm not good at math. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> well, how I much is that? how much are they charging for it? No, they'll yeah. charge a hundred bucks. Oh no way! Oh yeah, easy, easy. Damn it, UFC is 85 bucks. There is no way. Yeah, look and just take take a look at zeros. all those zeros behind there. Figure out how much money that is. 1.1 billion. 1.1 billion dollars is what they would make. You don't think they'd do it? They're going to do it. I don't I, I've said I've said that for a while. What's that? I don't think 100 dollars. <sighs> Absolutely 100 dollars. Not even 50. I'm over here thinking. I'm over here thinking like, like twenty nine ninety nine. Crazy. Well, the reason why I'm saying that is because like you really may you if you want to talk about excluding the the poor from everything. <clears throat> this is the one sport I feel like the poor. They they people that don't have a lot of money can still indulge in football. It's. And you're taking that away from them. They've they've supported you the whole season, and then at the very end, for the biggest fucking event, you're gonna take it away from them. I just I I can't see them doing. They can go I'm to a wild, they, they can go to a Wild Wings. They can go to all these different places that will also have it on their thing. You know, I, I'm just telling you, wow. with the, how much money is available, yeah, wow, huge. 
I mean, you're going to end up with more Super Bowl parties with people at everyone's house. <laughs> You'll have a lot of Super yeah, Bowl parties. Yeah, you have a lot more Super Bowl parties. Yep. Just like one person fitting the That's bill. It. and Yeah. I mean, but you're really going to take away from the people that are struggling to get by that they've supported your the fucking Raiders. You know, well, see, that's the problem. If you're supporting the Detroit, the Raiders, Li- the Detroit Lions, they've been supporting. Them <laughs> hey, their the whole Detroit life. Lions. What are you talking about, man? They had a good year. They did actually. They did. <laughs> Dan Campbell is a good coach. I like him. But you're taking you're you're going to take away the thing that they helped support all year, and then you're that last game. I'm like, nope. I'm gonna, I just can't. I can't see it happening. I mean, I'm saying that yes. This was this is this guy has nothing to do with NFL. At least I don't think he does. I, I didn't read the rest of the report. It just said the former ESPN CEO yeah. be- believes that NFL should go to a pay per view model for the Super Bowl. Well, he could be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> if that if that former ESPN CEO is still in place, yeah. the UFC wouldn't be on ESPN. So. Crazy, crazy. All right, but hey, uh, John. We we talked about the OnlyFans a little bit earlier, but look, I like what they're doing in terms of sponsoring BKFC, sponsoring Formula One car, uh, race car race uh, drivers, picking up a bunch of new fighters. They just announced Charles Oliveira is now signed with OnlyFans. Obviously, Chris Cyborg, uh, Luke Rockhold, Brent Primus. I know there's a lot of other fighters that are on there as well, but these are the ones off the top of my head that I've been able AJ to name. McKee. AJ McKee has worked with them. Uh, Andy Ruiz, the boxer, boxer? was yeah. working with them as well. There's a ton of athletes that are starting to make the change over to OnlyFans. A good way for them to make a little extra cash. Not as if like a lot of them need it. You know, like Charles Oliveira, I don't think he's hurting for cash. But it's also just another avenue for them to actually get to know their fighters a little bit more personable. Yeah. So, if they, you know, I can you can get on there and ask them questions. They'll reply back to you. Sure, maybe it'll cost you a dollar ninety nine. Maybe it'll cost you eight bucks. Maybe, maybe it won't cost you anything. Some fighters, some athletes, and some fighters are on there basically just to engage more with their fans and to do and to join in this partnership with OnlyFans because I I do know we've had countless how many meetings now, John, uh, sure. with the top executives with OnlyFans on on how we can try to make sure that we help them develop their sports program. Yeah, you know, and uh, I know that they're doing a. A uh, like a little short documentary on Charles Oliveira, and you and I will be uh, meeting with them this week coming up, and uh, talking about doing the commentary over it. And I'm pumped for that. That's gonna be fun. Just ways for us to be involved to help them grow their sports brand on the OnlyFans channel. Look, OnlyFans, you know, the, the it's like anything. There's a reputation that came with OnlyFans for a while. And they're trying to break through that reputation and they're trying to get into legitimate sports and have legitimate athletes that people can then connect with. And like you said, the the chance to, if you have someone, if you're a soccer fan and you have the chance to, to put a message out to Messi and, and find something out, that's pretty fucking cool. That's pretty valuable. Yeah. That's, that's a neat thing to have. And if you're in the, if you're a fight fan, there are, there are so many fighters that are now you know, getting connected with OnlyFans so that you have the ability to access them and ask them a question, ask them something about their career, ask them about what what it is they think, you know, you need to do to be successful. All these things, you know, and if you're looking, if it's a $1.99 that it costs you, so what? What's a $1.99? You could get information from somebody that you actually have a, you know, a good feeling about, you enjoy watching their fights, you know, you identify with them. 
and you could get information from them that could possibly change the direction of the way you look at things and how you do them, it's fucking worth it. Yeah. Do it. Well, here's an example. Like I go to AK, I just went to AKA last week, <clears throat> or sorry, this week on Wednesday. I went. And there's a couple fighters that were inside the cage while the live sparring was going on. Usman Nurmagomedov was sparring with one of the other guys. And you've got fighters that are in the cage that are kind of walking around trying to be the ref because they're asking me now, John, how do I become a ref? And I'm like, well, how the fuck would I know? Ask Big John. Well, like now on our OnlyFans, you guys can ask Big John directly. He'll go on there. You know, and you guys, he can answer your guys' questions about how to become a ref. Those are all things that, sure, you guys majority of the time you guys may get lost in the shuffle in on our dms like i get i don't know how many dms on my instagram and it's just like delete 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 and i'm not trying to be disrespectful but no, a lot of it is you just can't yeah you just, you just can't get the time for it yeah you just can't get to all of them but this is another way for us to interact with our friend uh, our fans and engage with them more yeah. and understand that we're trying to get to you guys um in all different ways so if you guys have techniques you guys want me to show hit me up you know, and I'd love to show a demonstration on how I do certain things. John will have, you know, different ways um, to on your steps to get to becoming a ref. Um, any, any type of rules that you guys are, any type of information you guys need about the rules and the structure of the rules, whatever it is. If you guys have any questions with regards to the sport, with regards to AKA, hit me up. Let me know. There's tons of avenues for you guys to reach out to us, but on the OnlyFans platform is where we are going to mainly focus on being more engaged with our fans. That's what, that's the name, OnlyFans. That's it. All right, All right, Dave, what you got? Let's get a farce story here. So there's a report. So we talked about in, we've talked about in Ghana versus Tyson Fury um, several times now on the show, um, but there is now word that we could see uh, fight with Francis versus Deontay Wilder. So what's your thoughts on that over a Tyson Fury fight and uh, instead of or you know, how does that how does that play? Well the one thing that I love about this and I and in nothing against Tyson Fury I, like I love Tyson Fury, but Tyson Fury came up with oh we'll do it with four ounce gloves in a cage under the Marcus of Queensbury rules, which you look and you go well, you just fucking broke that with your four ounce gloves doing it in a cage, but okay. But it's just boxing. At least Deontay Wilder said, hey, let's do this. We'll do it once in boxing, and I'll do it once in MMA. And I go, you know what, Deontay? Way to step up there, man. That's that's pretty impressive. I kind of like that. That's a, that's a tit for tat, you know? I'll do it once in your sport. You do it once in my sport. Look, we all know that Deontay Wilder as a boxer, man, look, he's got power. He's, he's got a big right hand. But if there's one thing I'm going to say, he's six foot seven, I want to say, Damn. but he's only about 220 pounds. You know, when he's actually in really good fight weight, he's, he's gone up a little bit more. Ngano is going to be a lot bigger than him because Ngano used to cut. And Ngano is a, a big man, super strong. I'm not saying Deontay's not. But in MMA, Deontay's going to have problems. <laughs> but in boxing, I think Ngano's going to have problems. So it goes back and forth both ways. But I would love to see this. You know, I think I, it's the way to look at it, the way if, you know, if you're going to you know, step in one man's uh, court, he's got to step into yours too. I mean, do you almost say like, hey, 
why don't we like kind of the old pride ways remember was it pride or was it k1 they did the whole <clears throat> uh, with bob sack k1 one one round k1 one round kickboxing one round mma we're gonna go jerome jerome the banner the glove like, doesn't fit it's <laughs> one of the greatest moments ever <laughs> Uh, Bob Sapp was <laughs> fucking awesome. The, the the better part was like two two of the greatest quarterman episodes I ever saw. Antonio McKee gets one of them, and Sam Greco gets the other one with Bob Sapp in that fight against Jerome LeBanner because they had to switch the gloves every round. And he, as soon as Bob Sapp did not finish Jerome LeBanner in the second round with MMA. And they were taking off his MMA gloves and trying to stick a boxing glove that he had just worn back on his hand. And he's splaying his fingers wide. And he's going, it doesn't fit. It took them five minutes to get one fucking glove on his hand. So he could get it. But he had to fight all he had to fight all the Japanese guys trying to put it on his hand, but it gave it gave him the air that he needed to go on in the fight. But Sam Greco hit him harder than Jerome LeBanner. He's hitting him in the corner saying, you're going back out there. I can't go back out there. I'm exhausted. Stop the fight. That, boom, he hit him again. I'm telling you, you're going back out there. It was comedy. Oh, it was man. awesome. I don't know how many times Bob Cook had to do that with Mike Van Arsdale. Oh, my God, yeah. Mike Van Arsdale tried repeatedly, I don't know how many <laughs> times, to quit on the stool. Randy Couture. And, and Bob Cook, yep. Yeah. Randy Couture. Uh, who was the guy that had Tourette's? Oh, that was um something sour. Tom right? Tom Sour. Tom Sour. Tom well, Sour. Uh, one of the most, man, one of the nicest guys ever. But yeah. man, you did not want to go to breakfast with him. No. <laughs> <laughs> out. I was I was sitting at breakfast with him one time, and you know Tom had really bad Tourette's, and he you know he was one of those ones that would say, you know. <clears throat> Bad, you know, he'd say anti-Semitic stuff. He'd say, you know, racist, and, and he just couldn't help it. Yeah, you know, it's just it's part of his thing. You know, and, and you know, he would sit there and he'd, he'd go off, and you'd go, Tom, stop, man! It's going off, and you go, I gotta get out of here. I can't yeah. take this. But he's a good uh, guy. He couldn't he, stop. He fought. <clears throat> he fought Mike Van Arsdale in the WFA when I, I the same night I fought Rob McCullough. And at the la at the end of the first round, with like a second left, Van put his hands down, and Sour kicked him right in the fucking liver, yeah. and just dropped him to his knees. And the bell rang, and so Mike turned after he took the kick. He's like, "Oh, I'm okay." Boom, dropped to his yeah. knees. Tried to quit on the stool. Bob's like, "Get your fucking ass up and get back <laughs> out there and fucking fight." Yeah. He tried so many times. The Reagan tour fight too. I'm not going back out there, Bob. I'm not going back out there. You're going to fucking go back out there. Bob, I'm done, man. I'm done. Just tell him. Just tell him I'm done, man. Just tell him I'm done. He's like, you're getting your ass up and you're going fucking back out there. <laughs> and Van Arsdale, just doing it the way that Van Arsdale does it. Just, no, man. No, I, I can't, man. You're, you're going to have to make me get up. And he's like, I'm going to make you get up then. I'm not going back out there, Bob. <laughs> I just can't do it, Bob. I just, I couldn't stop, man. He just was. Man, he was one of the best storytellers I had ever met in my whole life. Yeah, he's a good he would one. tell stories about Kenny Monday, uh, uh, Mark Kerr, Dave Schultz. I mean, I don't people don't realize he beat Dave Schultz. I believe he beat him twice. Yeah, 
in Dude, wrestling. He was a phenomenal yeah. wrestler. Phenomenal, phenomenal athlete. I told you yeah. about the time he fought Joe Pardo and got knocked out when he was on top of Joe Pardo. And I wow. didn't stop the fight because Joe Pardo didn't realize that he hurt him. Right? And he he all of a sudden he hit, he throws this hammer fist from the bottom up and it hits Van Arsdale. And I see Van Arsdale go whoop, whoop, and he kind of goes down. And Pardo goes for a leg lock. And he's twisting Van Arsdale's leg. And Van Arsdale's kind of looking. I'm like, I should stop it, but he's not he's not hitting him. So I'm going to get... Van Arsdale comes out of it and starts fighting. And, I went, and he won the fight. And I was like, oh, man. well, that was a unique one. I got to figure out, is that the right thing to do? And then afterwards, mm. I realized, no, it's not the right thing to do. Wow. <laughs> Van Arsdale got away with one. He got away with that one. Uh, John, when I'm looking at this fight, though, I'm looking. I'm encouraged by it. I mean, we'll see if it, like he says right there, I hope you're a man of your word because there's no point in signing this if you're not going to get the second fight. No. You know, um, but I would like to, we, we went off on a tangent, but I mean, like if you did he'll one more, round, he, he'll get more money in the, he'll get more money in the Tyson Fury single yeah. fight than he will with Deontay. But, you know, at least with Deontay, there, there, it's a twofer. Yeah. And two for means you get two paydays. And well, what's what's the tiebreaker though? What do you mean the tiebreaker? What's no the tiebreaker? Tie yeah, tie if, you, if you if you both won one version of it, what's the tiebreaker? Tiddly wings. <laughs> <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors. Rock, paper, scissors, Rochambeau, man. All right, Dave, what else you got? All right. I just gotta say that I love that I can give you guys a headline and then we just get a whole twenty minutes of I'm history. sorry. No, no, no. That's, wow, don't be that's why people should love this shit because, it, <laughs> right? Like, I can just give you guys a headline and we learn a whole ton of like MMA history. That's great, but I do have to get your reaction to this. Serial uh, Gon's comments regarding uh, his his training regimen. Here's here's what Serial Gon has to say. He says, "I love gra- I love grappling, but unfortunately, I'm lazy. That's the truth. I only train when a fight is announced. I have a lot of media obligations, professional opportunities outside of the sport." You can't say no to all of these things. If I look back at my career, this is a regret. I only train when a fight is announced. I had my fight against Chuyavasa, barely trained since then, and now I'm back at it since the Jones fight has been announced. Which tells you what? You're never getting better. You're never getting better. Because you're not getting better just by the fights. You're getting better by having the fight, going and looking at it, and then fixing the things that were a mistake and making yourself better. And that's not happening if you're not going back into training and working on those things when you don't have a fight because the only thing you're doing when you're training for the fight is getting your body physically ready. You're not really learning new stuff. You can change a couple little things, but nothing is going to be really improved upon in his style. And that's a shame because he's a hell of a fighter. Do you believe him? (sighs) You know, it... I'll, I'll say he's saying the truth, but I also look at someone, in my opinion, who's already putting in a built-in excuse. But, uh, yeah, I can look at it that way, though, too. I can see it that way. Uh, I don't believe him. I think he trains. He His progression, though, from him from the first time I saw him fight to his most recent fight, he's gotten better. And I don't know if it's just because he's more relaxed, more calm out there, but... He's got a little bit of grappling now, and maybe he's picked it up, you know, to be, when he has only been in a fight camp. But 
not a lot of those guys in the heavyweight division want to go to the ground anyways. Yeah, guess what? But John Jones is. <laughs> John Jones is. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, but I mean, I also look at it, too. This could be one of those things where he is basically saying this, but then Jones is going to get out there and try to take him down, and he's going to stuff a couple takedowns, maybe potentially stuff a couple takedowns. And if he does, then it's like, okay, then we knew you were lying. I I I don't be, I don't believe it to be honest only because I think he's just he says oh I've got all these outside opportunities those outside opportunities are gonna dry up if you don't win yeah so that's that's the other thing like I, I've said this for years winning solves everything you keep winning those opportunities won't go away GSP is living he's living the dream because well he's living all, proof all, of it of it yeah he yeah. because winning solves everything he. He's still winning in life now because of all the winning he did when he was and, a fighter. Yeah, well, and finished on the win. Finished yeah. as the welterweight ch- champion. Middle, middleweight. No, finished oh. as a welterweight champion, walked away, yeah. came back, won the middleweight, and walked away with that one, finished out on the win as the middleweight, like you're saying. Yeah. You know, and finished on winning. Winning solves everything. I mean, I am I am kind of excited for the Jones return, but uh, this is another question I have for you, though, John. If John Jones doesn't win is he the greatest of all time still nope can't can i ask you this though yeah if he doesn't win it now and then like two or three fights down he does win it is he then does he become the greatest again or no no i don't think so i think i, I have I'm, i have two separate categories the greatest of all times they have used steroids and well and that's that. and see and that's, that's that's part of it but if you take a look at it I always say that you know John's loss is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it's a loss on there. Yeah. So if he loses, we'll say to Cyril gone. Comes up, he comes out, and uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of how many wins he has right now. He's twenty seven. I want to say twenty six, twenty seven, somewhere yeah, in there, so. and one. So that would put him in a position where he would be what twenty. 26 and 1. To be 26 and 2 then. I think a guy named George St. Pierre has that record, 26 and 2. Oh, wow. So, George St. Pierre has won mm-hmm. two titles, two different weight classes. He's he defended his belt many times, and he never, ever <clears throat> was caught by USADA or any of those yeah. things or had the problems. So, no. The fight is incredibly important, in my opinion, to John Jones. And look, John is, if you're looking at the whole package and everything, he's got it. But this fight coming into the heavyweights, there's a lot riding on this. And that whole thing of greatest of all time, man, I'll tell you what. It it puts him in a position where you've got to bypass him and say George St. Pierre. You know, absolutely won. How he defended his title a ton of times. Okay, he ended up winning two different weight classes. All right, you know, yeah. He can, if John came back and later on won the heavyweights, I can understand where people could look and say, "Well, you know, take a look at it now." Okay, but then you look at the whole everything there there was involved in it. Mm-hmm. I still say it's, it would be GSP right now. Yeah. I think John, if he gets the title, yeah, he gets. He gets the title of the GOAT. If Henry Cejudo. Boom, comes and gets, what if he got three? 
Well, I look, I look at like Patricio, right? He's trying to get the third one. So yep. that fight, from what I'm from what I'm hearing, he may end up fighting Pettis maybe sometime in June or not June, but sometime in the summer. Before that would be win- wrong. I think before the winner that would be wrong. of the tournament because the tournament will be in June, right? When does the tournament? No, that's Hawaii. No, they're going to fight uh, that fight between Patchy Mix and Rafion Stotts is in Hawaii. Yeah, it's in Hawaii. April 22nd. 22nd. And then I think I think right after that fight, if they do end up using uh, Patricio and Sergio Pettis for the title, he'll be the first fighter ever in a major promotion to win three titles. Yeah. And then you look at, but then if you look at Henry Cejudo, if he beats Aljo and then turns around and tries to go to 45 to fight Volkanovski. Yeah. <clears throat> it all comes down to that last saying, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah. You know, and yeah. like styles, styles make fights and everything. And, but I'll tell you what, Volkanovski, whew, I don't know if that's one that, 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 uh, anyone wants right now as far as if you're henry that's yeah. a tough one no i i agree i think but a lot of people are putting a lot of without calling me bias john because i know <laughs> i know people will but i'm saying without calling me bias let's be honest that wasn't islam's best performance no and it I, wasn't. and and i think that was one of the best performances by max uh, by not max but by uh Alexander Volkanovsky. He fought his ass off. He did, uh, he he fought did his some ass off, great no? things. Yeah. Absolute fantastic. It's just in, in, impressed me in so many different ways. So many different ways. I knew he had a gas tank. I, you know, and uh, his physical strength was obviously there. I just, I don't, we didn't, we didn't see the best. But the, it, when people, okay, but stop. Mm-hmm. And I, yes, you're being a homer right now. But well, this is true. what, well, this is what we're talking about is, look at, Islam, has, he's going to have that performance. Yeah. Okay? It was a tough performance. Now, he won the fight, mm-hmm. but when you have that type of performance, and, and here's the difference, this is the difference maker if you're looking at it, look at how the fight ended. <clears throat> that was the biggest mark mm-hmm. against Islam in that entire fight mm-hmm. nothing else was that bad yeah. but it's the way the fight ended and then it comes down and you and i have had this argument before about you know the difference between habib and islam mm-hmm. and i said look no habib has been dominant in every fight have you ever seen where habib was in that position no that's and that's the difference maker Mm-mm. and so islam's gonna he won the fight but he's going to have to work his way through the ending of that fight. Yeah. Yeah. I, he's going to have to, like for me, I really believe he's going to have to hire on a nutritionist, a full-time nutritionist to make sure that okay. his weight cuts and his, his weight stays down <laughs> so he can perform at the most optimal level. His body doesn't react as well as someone like Habib's or other fighters who cut a ton of weight. And it's very, it's been, it's been obvious and pretty evident, like in some of his performances where he's just looked flat. Yeah. And there's times where he's looked fucking unbeatable. 
yeah. you know, and um, you're just looking like, and it, I think it all comes down to if you're going to cut that amount of weight, you cannot afford to blow up as much as you used to because you're also, he's 31 now. He's not right. 28. He's not 29. There you he's go. not 26. You're not a baby anymore, man. No. You're, don't come you're, off you're easy. Full blown man, you know, and, it, and all of these things. And this is where there's a mentality and we talk about it all the time. Fighting is a, you know, if it's not 100% mental, it's 99% mental. And if you take certain guys, Habib would be one, Volkanovski would be another, and there's these guys that they will not end up in, if they end up with that guy on top of them in that situation, and they feel like, oh, I've got the win, they're, st- they're not going to stay there. They're going to get themselves out of that position. They're going to scramble to get themselves back up because I cannot yeah. allow this person to be on top of me. There's a mentality to it. Mm-hmm. And this is what, you know, everybody's different. And this is where I look and I say, there's no doubt Islam is unbelievably talented. Mm-hmm. He has just got so many gifts as far as, you know, and he's he's worked hard for those gifts. I'm not saying they've been given to him. Mm-hmm. But there are little tiny bits and pieces that you can look at and you can say here's the difference between him and the guy who's helped make him and he's got to he's got to close those things up he's got to he's got to work at saying okay i see the difference and this is what i'm going to do to make it so that doesn't occur again yeah or you know whatever it is and look he can be one of the best ever but you saw in that one sequence, it's it told me, and there's the difference between Islam and Habib. I would like to see him go to 170. I mean, so I would look I. at the amount of weight. I he think cuts. he would be fantastic at 170. Yeah. His body frame is very capable of holding yep. it. I mean, he Easy. walks around 192, 198, yep. somewhere yep. in there, depending on. And he wouldn't be cutting near as much weight. <laughs> It would be a fifteen-pound difference Jeez. that he didn't have to, you know, torture himself with. He'd be strong. He would look good. He would feel good. All of those things. Yeah. Come on. True. Yeah. We'll see what we'll see what they do with that whole thing with him, um, with him, and maybe Volk fighting again. Let me ask you this though, because when they did the whole, you know, they had already planned that Volk was going to be the guy that he was going to fight if he won. It was it was going to fight oh, yeah. Charles, or was going to fight. It was going to fight Islam. He was going to fight one of the. He was going to fight for the lightweight title next. They had already figured that out because someone reminded me that he was the backup Alex for the was. Charles. Yeah, Alex was yeah. Volkanovski was the backup. That's right for the Charles and Islam. And that's fight. why you knew that fight was going to happen. Yep. So we knew that fight was going to happen. But then in that same day, when they when they got up in there and he said, "Yeah, where is this little guy? Bring him up here." And so they did. And they they faced off. Is that, hey, I'm going to put up my lightweight title, you're going to put up your pound-for-pound title, and then the winner's going to take all. Yeah, it was supposed to be. So that's the way it should be, and that's the way it should That's the way it should have been. And I don't understand why there's been some sort of discrepancy over that Islam shouldn't be the pound-for-pound guy anymore. Can you can, can you enlighten, enlighten me? Is it because he, the smaller guy? Because like you said, he made 155. Mm-hmm. He's and he walked into the cage at 173, 174. Islam walked into the cage at 178. They weren't off by much. No. And the length and the reach of, of Volkanovski's arms was longer than Islam's. Like you know what I'm talking about? Like we're talking about size. We're talking about weight. We're talking about all these things, advantages for one person over the other. They weren't off by much. 
Well, here's I had people ask, John, how can you say that you know uh, that Islam is is the pound for pound? You know, you know, you you said this or that. And I'm like, first off, I don't vote on it. Okay, but if I did <laughs> yeah. vote, okay, I'd have to vote that the guy who won the fight at the same weight is the guy that is the number one, whoever it is. Mm-hmm. You can take a look, and there are some polls out there that Islam is the number one pound for pound. The the telling one is the UFC has their own poll. And they have Volkanovski as number one. Mm-hmm. Can't be. Can't be. If they, if they fought and Islam fought at 170 pounds, making weight at 170 pounds, and Volkanovski made weight at 145 or 155, and they had that fight, I can see where you could say Volkanovski is still the pound for pound. But if they fought at the same weight, which they did, no, the guy who wins the fight is the guy who should be the number one. Yeah. And I love Volkanovsky. And I was the one, Josh, I was the one saying, look, at, in my opinion, Alexander Volkanovsky is the number one pound-for-pound fighter out there before Kamaru Usman lost to Leon Edwards. Yeah. You know, it's not that I don't like Volkanovsky. I do. I think he's fucking phenomenal and fun to watch, and I love his attitude. But he lost that fight to Islam and Islam is he should be the number one I think where people are getting this confused they believe that he because Volkanovski came up from 45 but then it doesn't matter he, he was a 155 fought, pound fighter exactly and at that moment they weren't off by many, by many pounds it was like four or five pounds they were off by which I get it it's still a lot though when you're talking the top fighters in the world it's five pounds is a lot to give up but it wasn't like it was 145 versus 178 no. That's not what it was. It was 173, 174 versus 178. The other thing is it's very rare that we can actually fight out the pound for pound. Oh, yeah. That's what's rare about this. Like it's Normally, it's like, okay, DJ and then John Jones. Well, they're never going to fight. Well, they could. Yeah, they could. It just wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't go well for DJ. But no. in this scenario, we got lucky enough to have yeah. two guys so close. This, yeah, for these for this could fight happen. to happen. Yeah. And... um. And they delivered. It, it I thought the, they both. Did, yeah. I thought that was a fantastic fight. It was. I mean, I was on the ed, you know edge of my seat the whole time because it was really that close with a lot of it. There was moments for Volkanovski. There was moments for Islam. But you know, when I get back to the entire thing, Islam needs to look at one part of that fight and say, "I will never allow that to happen." Yeah, and that is the ending of that fight. Yeah, I mean, yep, you got to get up. Got to make that effort to show that make it happen. We're able to get back to your feet. Yeah, yep. that's it. Oh man! But hey, uh, a lot of big time fights coming up. Uh, Bellator's got some big time fights coming up. Stotts and Mix. I can't wait for that fight, man. You got Gegard oh. versus Fabian Edwards, and uh, you got the lightweight World Grand Prix, which is kicking off March 10th, right in San Jose. In March San 10th. Jose, you in got March two of them. March 10th in San Jose. You got yes. Usman Nurmagomedov against Benson Henderson, which is a you talk about a clash of fucking you. Mm-hmm. Let's be let's be honest. You fought Benson. That says something yeah. about how long Benson's been around. WEC champ, well, MFC champion, WEC champion, UFC champion. John just called me old. Damn straight, I did. <laughs> yes, I, but John, the the fight that I'm most looking forward to, to be honest, out of all these fights right now, is Yaroslav Anvasov's return from the oh, yeah. from Ukraine when he was defending his country, and then Logan Sorley trying to get that win back. You know, you, you look at story-wise, how is this not the story of 
you know, the year almost right now with Amazon, how he went out and the, Josh, think about it. You know, people talk about, I had to step away. I had these problems. I had to take care of him stuff. He stepped away from the sport. He stepped away from his title. He stepped away from everything to go to, to defend his country. You know, we're talking about, he put his life yeah. on the line here. We're talking yeah. about, you know, he, he could have not come back from that. You know, and it's his countrymen that f basically forced him to go back into training. They said, no, look, we get something out of watching you. We get something out of when you win that what it does for us and our morale is more than you could ever do here. Mm -hmm. We need you out there. They did the same thing with Alexander Usyk, yeah. and he went back because he was fighting. And so the story of what, you know, Yaroslav Amazov, you know, did – in supporting his country and going there and, and being a guy that, you know, put his boots on the ground and now coming back to fight Storley, who has been fighting. And now Amazon's been out for two years, basically. Yeah. It's not even that. It, it, it is that. All, all that you said, it is that. But then yeah. on top of that, his toughest fight to date and his only split decision in Storley. his career is Logan Storley. And Logan Storley, this reminds me of that... Of like almost a little bit of that Rocky story where Rocky is out doing all the celebrity stuff while Clubber Lang is just knocking dudes out and fighting and fighting and fighting. And Rocky's not fighting. Yep. You know, so you got Logan who's, you know, obviously in Rocky, he's out doing celebrity stuff. Whereas, you know, uh, Yaroslav Amosov is out defending his country, but comes back to a guy who's just been getting better every step and was his toughest fight to date. And now has his first fight back will be against him to unify, not unify the titles, but to get rid of the interim title and then to throw the interim one away and someone's yep. going to be undisputed. Someone's going to be undisputed. And this yeah. is, and if you go back and watch that first fight, John, it was outstanding. It was fantastic. The submission yeah. attempts, the, the almost tapping Logan with the Dars getting in there and that, and just in that position. And then also two, and then Logan almost getting him when he got to his back and almost yep. getting the rear naked choke on him. And then at the end of the fight, they were both so gassed. The two of them were just standing toe-to-toe -to -toe and just throwing down because there was just so much wrestling, so much grappling. And but I want to remind people, man, Logan Storley is a six-time state champ out of South Dakota. And he's also a four-time All-American out of the University of Minnesota. He yep. is a dog wrestler. And when I mean he's good, like, go ask Kamaru Usman how good of a wrestler he is. <laughs> yeah. Go ask him. Go ask him. And, and you're going to find out. And like you'll, He'll tell you. He'll tell you how damn good Logan Storley is. And so when I, I to see Yaroslav Amosov stuff takedowns and get takedowns of his own against oh, yeah. him. Crazy. It just, it lets you know that this is like the highest level of these two, these two fighters are just at the highest level peak. And I just hope I want to see Amosov I just come see back and have it. I want to see the best of both of them. That's exactly what I want to see. Yep. All right, guys. Well, hey, that's going to wrap up our show. So uh, make sure you guys go to our OnlyFans page. Hit that subscribe button on the OnlyFans page. It is OnlyFans.com slash Wayne In. So you go there. OnlyFans.com slash Wayne In. And uh, look, there's some content up there that uh, Podcast Dave's put up. And it's pretty, actually pretty good, man. Podcast Dave did some, some great stuff. Man, he the is scenes. so much better at editing stuff and putting a film together than he is at shooting. It's incredible. Nah, I agree. <laughs> I would have to. Hey, I would have to agree. I'm good at shooting one thing, okay, and that's a yeah. camera. Yeah. <laughs> you, you shot that's the camera, camera well, brother. 
Jeez. And then uh, go to WayneandMerch.com also. You pick up some of our John's wearing our hoodie there. And, and uh, you know, I think Podcast Dave, did you have a hat on? I had a hat on. He did when he was shooting. He did when he was shooting, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so go to WayneandMerch.com, pick up some of our hoodies, uh, short sleeve, long sleeves, hats. All these things are available there with new designs that are up. So check it all out at WayneandMerch.com. And John, take us away, Ooh, Yeah. For everyone out there, hope you had a good time with the podcast. Hope you had a good time watching the UFC and Aaron Blanchfield just show how good she is. We're going to have a great week next week. A lot of big fights coming up. So for everyone out there, take care of yourself. Have a great Sunday, and we will see you.